are three weeks in to so many Santas right now. Mm-hmm. I guess. One could say we are the third ho deep. Yes. Ho, ho, ho. Sure. <laughs> ho, ho, ho. Uh, man, are we feeling it? Are we feeling Christmas? I'm coming back with a vengeance, man. I was last. I was gone last week, so I've like decked True. out. I, I've got my back to the presents Christmas sweater. Mm-hmm. I've got my hat. You can't see it, but I've also got a Christmas story uh, sw- uh, Christmas pants on. Ooh. Christmas story pants. Love a good Christmas pant. Yeah. And you should have just wore the full pink bunny suit, I think. Where's he going to get that? You know, if I would have had it, I would have worn it for this. Don't think I wouldn't have. If I, I ain't got no shame. I, I ain't no shame in my costume <laughs> game. Not go look at, go look at my it. pictures over the years and see what I've dressed up as to embarrass myself. True. Well, you know, I'll Truly. tell you what. I'm. Feeling. Oh, that sounds worse. That sounds bad. It's, it's all fun stuff. I'm totally <laughs> feeling the, the Christmas holiday spirit, the whole thing. We uh, mm-hmm. went with my family tree shopping tonight, so we went and bought the... My parents, uh, since my first nephew was born, they've been real tree people and not fake tree mm. people like they were for the entirety of my life. Uh, well, we you go to that the, place in Owasso and saw it down yourself? No, You're just the we first born. The sawing, but we do go, there's that little Christmas tree farm in Owasso. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And we go there and um, we got an eight foot tree, but they cut a foot off of it, off of it because uh, parents' house is that I hope tall. they give you a discount. But yeah, big. Oh, they do. Yeah, they, they trim a little off and they give you you know i don't know how much it is mm-hmm. off but you know anyway it was like we have here's an eight foot tree this one's good but we don't need it to be eight feet we can get it maybe a little shorter um yeah but that so we did that and that always makes it feel like boy it's about this time i remember the last two or three times that we did that um it was also the day of like d23 so i was always like anticipating a big announcement from like marvel or <laughs> star wars and so <laughs> i remember like oh my gosh come on out here in the middle of nowhere refresh refresh uh oh there's a new trailer oh my goodness or whatever, but not this year. Yeah, no. Back when it was fun to await the trailers. <laughs> what about what uh, about you guys? As we get closer and closer, I've been I've been trying to dip my toes into some more Christmas movies. Mm-hmm. Been, which has been fun. I went to the movies the other day and watched the ever debated Die Hard. Mm. You know, and 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 Thoughts. I gotta say. Perhaps one day we will review this movie one year. I feel like one we'll year, have so many Santas. Christmas theme? But I will Christmas say Christmas movie. It's convincing me slowly. Mm-hmm. It's slowly eating at me. And there are issues that have that came up in this viewing that I hadn't really noticed before that made it seem more Christmassy. <laughs> <laughs> so despite the fact that many people die and are and are and die violently, I think it still might be a Christmas movie. Yeah, but we'll talk about that another day. It One was day. really fun to see it in the movie wow. theater. I will say, um, a lot of people. A lot of yeah, people. it was a pretty good crowd, and it's just a good classic action movie. Peak Bruce Willis. Mm-hmm. It's just fun, fun time at the movies, no matter what. Uh, and yeah. then I watched a newer movie on Netflix called Family Switch. You oh, guys, oh, you guys I've guys seen this. I've Family seen Switch? this. Yeah, um, I know of it. Yes, Jennifer Garner, Ed Helms play two parents of a couple teenagers and a and a baby and yada yada magic happens and they body switch it's a classic body switch movie set over christmas uh you know there's one thing about it that pulled it into almost too goofy and i'm gonna share it because i must because you need to (laughs) visualize it uh and hopefully it will encourage some people to see it so the mom 
switches with the teenage girl, and the dad switches with the teenage boy, mm-hmm. and that leaves the baby, who you would think in a movie like this wouldn't switch with anybody, because that's why. The baby switches with the family dog. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say and that. And so it, there's a B-plot of the entire movie where the ba- a CGI baby is running around and barking like a dog, and a CGI dog is sucking on a pacifier and getting his diaper changed. <laughs> Why even have the baby? And, that's unfor- the and baby? that was unfortunate because the family dynamic in the A plot, I was like, okay, I like a classic, uh, you know, it's like 13 going on 30 meets mm-hmm. big meets Freaky all these Friday. other. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, if you need a good st- streaming family movie for Christmas, eh, you could do worse. You could do better, though. Nice. Yeah. Um, That's fine. You know, meanwhile, I, I watched, uh, I was able to finally get Jack to watch some of the other, like, uh, classic Christmas specials. We watched Frosty the Snowman, which is way more boring than I remember it being. Um, <laughs> and uh, and then but he liked it well enough. And then we watched uh, the, 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 the Grinch, we watched How the Grinch Stole Christmas, the, the 66 special. Mm. Um, which he was really in. He uh, he was he was really feeling. Although he did not get the who's very well, he was like, "What are they doing? Where's the Grinch?" <laughs> it's like they're singing. He'll be here. Don't worry. Um, but Kids he love really, the Grinch. Now I think his his daycare teacher I think has already shown it to him because when Max showed up, he goes, "It's Max," and I was like, "Okay, something's something's going he on." He looks here. like a Max. We didn't mention everybody that. loves Max. That's what I said. That's what I said. During our Grinch podcast, we didn't mention that Josh's dog is named Max. No, we didn't. No, After we didn't. the Grinch. <laughs> I don't but know. No, that's so that's true, what I've been actually. doing. I, I wish I could say I was watching more more movies and more Christmas movies right now, but I just haven't had the full time. Yeah, just not there yet. Oh, you froze it. Listen, Ooh, in my COVID fever dream, I have caught up on Christmas movies. I've caught up on 2023 movies. I've caught up on movies I've never seen before. I've seen movies, I, <clears throat> movies other people have recommended. <clears throat> I've seen so many things, I don't even know where to start. So, uh, Scrooged. El Camino Christmas. I watched Good Burger 2 yes. because I was sick and you dying, talk- and that was the when you should and, watch and, that yeah, movie. Yeah, because it might finish you off. Yeah. Last Christmas, Return to Me, Happiest Season, Reindeer Games I Saw, unfortunately. <laughs> May, December, hey, that movie exists. I finally watched Across the Spider-Verse. It blew my mind like everybody mm-hmm. else's. I watched uh, Five Nights at Freddy's, which is enjoyable, but like, hey, whatever, if you miss it, you're not going to miss much. Mm-hmm. Uh, American Symphony is a beautiful look at John Baptiste and his incredible relationship and his genius. Uh, the Little Things I rewatched, and it was still bad. Godzilla <laughs> vs. Kong re-watch? was incredibly fun. Why would you rewatch The Little Things? <laughs> he had COVID. Nothing <laughs> makes sense. I had nothing to do. Or were you trying to make it worse? <clears throat> and then I watched Office Christmas Party. So there, I think I've caught up on everything. Okay, <laughs> Garrett, tell me. I'm hoping, yeah. because I watch Good Burger 2 as well. Yeah. Please tell me for you it was a waste of time because that's what it felt like. Yeah, I was really it was is unfortunate. Yeah. You know, I put it in my ever coveted no. 1.5, which is uh, not good but entertaining. That's but that's just too. out of pure respect. You know, it was it's really not did good. You watch it, it was really quite unfortunate. Not yet, but now I'm kind of like, eh, if you both didn't like it, <laughs> it's a bad sign. Yeah. I feel like it has to be really bad for Garrett not to like it. Yeah, because I mean, Garrett, you come you know, there was in just, with. It just seemed like it was uh, no thought. It was like, eh, yeah, there was no story. You know, the Good, good Burger's got a story. It can touch you in your heart if you're in the right I moment. do kind of feel and, like... Uh, this one did not. It, it felt- seems like something that was kind of like written over a weekend, and they were like, hey, we're friends mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. 
basically. It, it, it yeah. feels like a reunion in a lot of ways. Like, there are cameos. They are fun to an extent. It's yeah. nice to see some of these people yeah. again. There's, like, all that cameos. Mm-hmm. A bunch of SNL cast members make appearances. But it just feels... I have no idea who it's for. Because, like, no, it that, doesn't yeah, feel like it's, like... It doesn't feel like it lands with... It's not for me. It doesn't like, we were the original audience. It doesn't feel like it lands with us. I don't think kids would have fun watching it today. So... No, you know, I mean, and, he, and I love Keenan, and I, you know, and I have loved Kel, and I respect Kel. Yeah, <laughs> but they couldn't. They, 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 I love them both. They couldn't save it. Uh, wow. No, okay. It well, a, if I do a, watch it, it, it a I, bit will, unfortunate. I will let you all know. Um, yeah. We need to. We need to get into the into the show, though. Oh yes. Um, however, first, I do want to remind everybody to go subscribe to our YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Go check that out. So many sequels on YouTube. You can mm-hmm. subscribe there and you will get full episodes of the show mm-hmm. as well as clips and whatever other fun stuff we want to throw on there as we start to explore YouTube a little more. Mm-hmm. Uh, because why not? Currently up to 106 on subscribers. So we are oh. so close to our goal of 112 wow. by the end of the year. Yeah. David really has his heart set on 112. So do not give him a coal in his yes. stocking. Look. Subscribe to the channel. I ask for so little. Yeah, you do. I just want 112 subscribers, and I want a new Flash movie. A Reese's and a Dr Pepper. Oh, <laughs> and I do want a Reese's and a Dr Pepper. Yeah, that goes without saying. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right. Well, so this week we are going to talk about a Christmas story, a classic Christmas movie that has become uh, even more classic with the traditional Turner Network, uh, Turner Cable Network suite, just like playing it everywhere for the 24-hour marathon. Uh, so how, though, David, did this movie do when it came out? I'm really curious to know what the reception was like before it became the 24-hour movie that we know today. Well, as you know, so this movie came out November 18th of 1983, so well before either any of us were even uh, born, before uh, I think before my parents even got married is when this movie came out. And um, it was uh, so I know that I know a little bit of its origin. And I'll get into that later. How it finally got made, but 1983 it comes out, and um, it's so different. 1983 versus 2023. When you think about how movies were released and how they were they were consumed, um, because uh, I'm going to read you some of these numbers, and they're all going to sound abysmal. <laughs> but in 1983 is a very different time. So um, that weekend, A Christmas Story opened uh, in the number three spot uh, with $2 million opening weekend. Um, it was in 886 theaters. Uh, in the number one spot that weekend was Amneville 3D, which uh, brought in, are you ready? $2.3 million. So just a $300,000. These are some spread. 2020 numbers. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, and that was only in 1,200 theaters. Uh, the Big Chill was at number two. Uh, James Bond's Never Say Never Again was at number four with 1.8 in its seventh weekend. And then at number five, you had A Night in Heaven, which is a uh, like a dance movie of some sort. Uh, so it was uh, it was a pretty it was a pretty mild weekend. Sounds boring. If you think of it today, like your top five movies all made between $1.8 and $2.3 million. And this was Thanksgiving weekend. So uh, The Christmas Story would do a little bit better. 
going into the uh, Thanksgiving holiday, it improved 90% in its second weekend to 3.9 million. And then it finished its run with $19 million, $19.2 million in the United States. Um, that was good enough for the number uh, 39 spot in the United States that year. Um, since then, it has gotten a few re-releases, like I think five re-releases, um, usually around Christmas. Um, it did get an international release one year and made a, a couple thousand bucks. 1983, so the number one movie in 1983, you might be able to guess this. It's a former So Many Sequels episode. It's Star Wars Episode Six: Return of the Jedi. Um, we have a review up for that right now. The number two movie that year was Terms of Endearment. And those two movies are the only movies to make more than $100 million in 1983. Uh, quite a far cry from this year where I think something like 15 to 18 and really far cry from like 2019 when like 28 movies made over $100 million. Um, but the max theaters for Star Wars Return of the Jedi was 1,700 theaters. Can you imagine today when movies are in 4,500 theaters? Like, how much more money could these movies have made if the infrastructure had been as big as it is today? You know, there's a lot more people. There are more people? Than, than there was in 1983. More people, people don't think more about access. that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, number three movie that year was Flashdance with $92 million. Trading Places, starring Eddie Murphy, came in at the number four spot with $90 million. And War Games was number five with $79.5 million. Um... Some other movies, I'll just run through some other movies from that year. Risky Business, Mr. Mom, um, National Lampoon's Vacation, Superman 3, another 1983 movie that we have done. Um, so that, that that's our 83 list is Superman 3, which is an awful movie, but boy, is it fun. Uh, Star Wars Now, we'll be doing a Christmas story. Um, this was also the year of Jaws 3D. So there you go. Um, so that's your that's your rundown. It was a very different time, and uh, these numbers are what's been reported over time. But they may have made more. It's kind of hard to tell because they did leave movies in theaters for like a year's like a year at that point. So, wow, you know, never really know. Wow, interesting, interesting look. It, it almost feels like it just was bleak. <laughs> it feels was. bleak to me. It was, and this um, was the pre like so. Um, it wasn't until like the mid to late nineties that they started even doing international releases for most movies. Yeah. So like, you know, <laughs> things yeah. were just different. Things were not marketed, uh, on a worldwide for a worldwide audience. So you could have something as specific as a little boy's Christmas in 1940. That's true. Yeah. All right. Let's, uh, let's go then a Christmas story. Um, the comic mishaps and adventures of a young boy named Ralph trying to convince his parents, teachers, and Santa that a Red Ryder BB gun really is the perfect gift for the 1940s. Um, Garrett, this was your pick for this month, so uh, why? Tell us why you picked A Christmas Story. You know, Christmas Story is a movie that I'm pretty sure everybody's aware of. Whether or not they enjoy it is one thing or another. We'll get into that later. But for me, this was the quintessential. This was my Christmas movie. You know, growing up, there were three movies that we watched as a family together. It was A Christmas uh, Story, Christmas Vacation, and uh, Santa Claus, or The Santa Claus, uh, or The Polar Express, depending on the, the time, right? So this was one of the big three. We would watch it every Christmas Eve, uh, and Christmas Eve was... Uh, we'd spend some time with my family, uh, come back home, watch this, get ready for Santa to have come and brought us all our presents in the morning, right? So you you have that 
memory in those moments. And that's why this movie is uh, on this poster right here and on my pants as well. But um, I just always grew up watching it. And it's one of those where you watch it every year, much like uh, we talked about in Christmas Vacation. For me, I see new things every single time. And so I... I grow old with this story and it feels fun and it feels familiar. And over time, I just have grown to appreciate so much of it. So whether it's, you know, Ralphie and his just passion for this Red Rider BB gun and his like, he knows this is what he wants. And and, and just every moment he's told no. And then that final moment when he gets it. And then you see his dad whenever he gets to see his son uh, opening up this present and like the excitement that his dad shows throughout this whole thing and the performance that each person gives in the -the over-the-top moments and they just lean into every moment and it provides so much joy and it's silly and it's fun and the moments have kind of become bigger than the story but I think if you actually watch it it's just a sweet wholesome middle-class family story and I really just enjoy that. David what are your initial thoughts where do you come to this movie from? You know, a few weeks ago we talked about when we did our introductions, I said that it was going to be up to this podcast to make me love this movie again. Because I do remember mm. watching it and my grandparents laughing and my, my mom and dad laughing and, oh, this, that, you know, oh, I didn't, you know, and, and talking about the funny parts. and But, you know, the, the, the Turner Classic Movies Marathon, and I know what you're thinking, David, they didn't make you watch it. But, of course, they did make me watch it because someone in the family was like, oh, let's put that on. put the, And so it's on in the background. And I told you, you know, you fall asleep and... You know, they're getting ready for, uh, you know, they're about to take that big, you know, they go to class and he's got to write his thing. Oh, man, I can't wait to get my thing, do my my theme. And then you fall asleep and then you wake up and you're what? You're back before you fell asleep and now you have to watch more. <laughs> you're of the in movie? a time loop, a Christmas story exactly. time loop. It was just like it was eternal. Um, and it really I think it killed a lot of the, uh, the the stuff for me. But watching it this time after having avoided it for years now. Watching it this time, seeing it in order and seeing it, you know, uh, uh, all laid out, I feel like it's a movie that's not as good as the sum of its parts, to use sort of a cliche phrase. I think there's a lot of good bits in it, but I don't know if the overall movie for me is as good as any of those individual moments, Is that if that if that makes any sense. Um there are times I'm entertained. There are times no, I'm really... No, it does. I mean, this is a... Yeah. It's a, It is kind of a series of vignettes. I think it's described that way mm-hmm. uh, by many. And there are times I'm entertained, and there are times I'm annoyed, you know? And, and we'll get into some of those different aspects in a bit, but, like, it does feel like one of those films, though, that is just synonymous with this time period. And maybe that's because it became such a cult classic in, in a lot of ways. Maybe that's because... It's just, it's just an inherently, it's a kid's story told from a parent's point, of, told from an adult's point of view, you know. Um, one of my favorite movies, uh, Sandlot, is often called The Summer Christmas Story because of that, you know, adult narration. Never heard that, but I well, find it interesting. I, it is interesting, you know, because if you look at it, it's an adult narrating their childhood no, from a is. certain point of view and a special thing that happened to them, but it's all about baseball in the summer with your friends instead of <laughs> Christmas with your, you know, and it's kind of like, there's not really like a coherent plot to uh to sandlot until they, they get to you know like oh i just beamed the baseball over the fence it's all kind of kid at play um and this is kind of the same thing there, there's nothing really holding everything together except for the desire for this red rider bb gun 
But anyway, you know, um, I'm, I really kind of land in the middle on this movie because I am entertained, but I'm also kind of annoyed sometimes. So I, I don't want to say anything too bad, but uh, I also can't say anything too great. <laughs> so Okay, okay. Um, I mean, there's a lot of validity to what you said about uh, the 24-hour thing kind of grinding on you after time. I went through a period of time where um, when I worked at Blockbuster, because I'm old enough to have done that somehow, uh, the movie Elf was completely ruined for me for years because it was the only thing they would let us play on the on the Blu-ray player in the store. And so I watched Elf countless times a night mm-hmm. uh, for an entire Christmas season. So... You know, if you are in that situation where you just were force-fed a Christmas story as a kid so much, I can see why it would be a problem. I think that's kind of, like, I have a little bit of that. I don't have too much, though. I think my, where I come from it, or where I come to it from is that I didn't really have a connection to it growing up. This wasn't in, like, our family rotation of Christmas movies. It was just kind of, like, on the on the outskirts where I really don't remember watching it more than maybe a couple times as a child. So I just never had the strong connection to it that a lot of other people do. Um, And then I think when it became the movie that played on TV all the time, I was like, this one, I don't even have a connection to this one. Why don't you play something else? Um, So that said, I do think it's pretty good, even though I don't really find myself enjoying it. I don't really think that's always the movie's fault. I think it's just maybe not something I can connect with well. I mean, it is set in the 40s. <laughs> like, a lot of kids our age and younger won't <laughs> relate to those aspects. But there's still some parts of it that's fun, and a lot of it is what y'all pointed out, these smaller moments that kind of make up for where the overarching story might be a little weak. Um, there's a lot of great scenes in this a lot of great classic lines that I enjoy. Um, that said, it's going to sound like I'm roasting this movie sometimes, I think. Yeah. Uh, but it comes from a place of love in, in some instances. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like and, our and also with just a critique of the times in others. So I'm excited. <laughs> it's like our relationship with Andrew, you know, like you love him, but it's kind of, it's a <laughs> little fun disgraced. to roast him. You got to roast yeah. And, it, yeah, and you know, even when I was watching this as someone who is <clears throat> the, obviously the hardcore fan of this movie, uh, even I said this has become and is now a movie of moments. You know, those scenes, those iconic moments, the flick and his tongue on the uh, ice, uh, him in the bunny suit, uh, the Santa kicking him in the face, you know, all of those mm-hmm. things that uh, the, the, the leg lamp, everything has just become kind of a cartoon of itself. And so I totally get where this movie is worth uh, the roasting and worthy of kind of, you know, whatever banter it has received. Um, that's why I think Christmas movies are always funny because it does really depend on when you attached to it. And like I said, I watched this movie every year just once, you know, I didn't get necessarily caught in the 24 hour loop. And for me, uh, this movie signified it was Christmas because it was my Christmas Eve movie. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I have that extra connection to it, but, um, you know, for me, I always like the performance from Darren McGavin as the dad. Um, mm-hmm. he seems like he's such a good dad for the time frame. Uh, mm-hmm. he seems like he is 
really caring about his kids. He's a big, dumb oaf. And, like, the mother also controls that family. And, you know, there are moments where she is clearly uh, in charge. And I just like the performances that they play. And they can give those while also going so over the top in those fantasy scenes that Ralphie creates. You know, for me specifically, uh, the soap poison scene is just one of my absolute favorites because of the wailing that they uh, just commit to whenever they realize they have poisoned him with the live boy. It's just... What have we done? And then he just blind... He, like, looks with his blind sunglasses and smiling into the camera. You know, it's just... You know, I think those... Yeah, those cheesy moments, those cheesy elements that they really Mm. lean into is where the charm for me from this movie comes from. Mm. For sure, for sure. Yeah. uh, We... I do want to say, though, I have to lead with this. Okay. These kids are freaking obnoxious. Like, there was a... <laughs> Just like there all was the kids desire. or the Ralphie and his brother? Ralphie's brother is probably oh, the Ralphie's king of obnoxiousness the worst child ever born. However, they are all... I, wanted, I was Farkas in this. I wanted to beat them all up. They were so annoying. I was like, oh, gosh, shut up <laughs> for two minutes. At the same time, they're kids. What are, we, what are you going to do? But um, his his little brother and the in the eating the scene where he has to eat and he's a little piggy and all that and even Look, before that it's just, yeah I gotta I talk like, about that because uh, I I wrote that that scene down this is where <laughs> I'm like I, I don't know about these parents sometimes because because mommy's little piggy was absolutely disgusting abhorrent yeah. inexcusable t- <laughs> dinner table behavior for a mother to encourage especially in the 1940s. What the hell? They talk about how we don't have manners. Outrageous. <laughs> the only way that little boy that just slammed his face in his plate. Oinking. A huge mess. Huge mess. And, and the mom's encouraging it. <laughs> yeah. And I, the dad, that's, look on his face, just like, good lord. And that's what I mean by Darren McGavin. He's, he's such a good actor in this movie. Every, every turn, he, for me, has delivered Ooh. in one way or another. So he's ahead, he David. has this great um he has so he has this great um twist between being this kind of like gleeful dope and also just the most put upon man in in all of humankind like he, nobody does put upon like the dad mm, truly. Christmas where he's just like oh, everything's just sure. <laughs> but there were two things that stood out to me about this movie this time around one it feels weird to know that it was set in 1940 because as one, you know it kind of comes out in the '80s, so your part of your brain wants to think, "Oh, this is from the '80s," but then you think, "Oh, well, he's talking about being a kid, so it must be like 1955, 1952." No, it's 1940. This is pre. This movie takes place before America's entry into World War One, I, I think. Um, <laughs> and it explains, um, it explains why there are multiple instances of the Wizard of Oz and and the Wicked Witch because that movie just came out for these kids. That's why they're running around the mall as the the wicked witch i remember as a kid being like why are they there but uh it's wild to think that the setting of this movie is we're approaching well we're so ways off we're approaching it being almost 100 years old this uh this look back in american history <laughs> why you gotta say that That's, no no <laughs> i mean we're, we're closer i mean right now we're closer to like 85 years or whatever but yeah yeah i yeah um, yeah it's yeah. wild it's, it was a completely different time 
uh, frame. And that is a strange perspective. I don't necessarily think I always knew it was the 40s. I always assumed it was the 50s, even as many times as I've watched it. You know, because it, it makes a certain amount of sense, because we've talked about before the uh, the idea of the 30-year gap of, like, as, as, as creative people's directors and writers, they reach their 30s, that's when they start getting to be in charge. And so they write about the time period that they're nostalgic for, which is about when they were a kid, when they were when they were growing up. So you have a lot of movies from the 80s, whether it's Clue, Back to the Future, the, you know, set in the, that take place in the 50s at some point, because that's when they remember being a kid. This one is a little older. This one goes all the way back to 1940, but it's because it's based on a specific person. Yeah, it's based on a book. Um, Something I realized for the first time during this viewing, I think contributes to why I maybe am like slightly turned off by it. I'm like, I don't know about this. And it's the same reason why I have an odd feeling about Peanuts. Not the food, but the the comic strip. (laughs) And it is that Ralphie is Charlie Brown. Like, Mm -hmm. almost to a T. Everything around Mm -hmm. him sucks for no reason but he just keeps pushing through anyway, convinced he's mm-hmm. gonna make it. But like everything around him sucks. <laughs> like mm-hmm. he's getting Everybody's busted by his parents him. for dumb stuff. Randy's just existing around him in the worst ways. School yeah. sucks. He just wants this gun, and no one will leave him alone. Yes. And so he's like to see him finally <laughs> snap missing... at the end is what yeah. I've always wanted to see Charlie Brown do. Yeah, it, 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 the only thing missing is him opening up a bag and saying, "I got a rock," you know. <laughs> like he is, he is. I remember, you know, um, I remember seeing the very first uh, Peanut strip, and Charlie Brown's not even necessarily the main character in it. He kind of is, but some these two kids are watching Charlie Brown walk by, and one of them goes, "There's Charlie Brown, good old Charlie Brown." And the last panel goes, "God, how I hate him." <laughs> <laughs> well, see, Charlie Brown <laughs> is depressing. Peanuts are fun, and yeah. Ralphie is kind of depressing. <laughs> he is no. Ralphie's his own worst no. enemy at times. No, Ralphie has so much confidence, guys. Yeah. He he believes with he all thinks, of his heart that he is going to get this. And every time he puts his effort into this, because this is what he believes in, mm-hmm. this is what he dreams of, this is the meaning of Christmas from a kid's perspective of that age. You don't remember a time that you wanted a Christmas gift so hard that you would do anything to make it happen? He is full of hope throughout this whole movie, despite the fact that these people are telling him he'll shoot his eye out every single time, despite the fact that he got a C-plus on a theme that he bribed her with a fruit basket that's the most <laughs> ridiculous thing in the world. But did you see him walking back? He gave her an over-the-shoulder like, hey, I know you're going to yeah. like that pineapple. Like, yeah. he had swagger the whole time. He was and confident. he knew and that you he know, was going to get Charlie Brown thought he, he was going to kick that football every time, too. That's all I'm saying. And he, but he got it in the end. He got, but, his, he got his Red Rider. He got his know, Red Rider. It paid off in that Ralphie, moment. Ralphie, despite the fact that he looks like a baby Glenn Beck, was committed <laughs> to the idea that he was going to get that Red Rider BB gun. And he tried every avenue, planting he did. The, the magazines, writing the theme. He thought, this is all going to work out. However... Much like you Charlie know what Brown, though what happened immediately getting in his own way he shot something. himself in the face and that <laughs> come down is so funny it to me it is hilarious because it builds it and and that's what he wants every time and then it's like he's so excited and he's living his fantasy of black Bart that we've already seen and he's like boom oh my god I shot my eye out <laughs> you know for me right 
I also think that if you watch this over time, and again, it, it tells how many times I've seen this movie, but, you know, you look at it from a kid's perspective of this is what I imagine, you know, it's like to have that thing. But then you also look at it from the point of view as older um, Ralphie telling mm-hmm. this story. What a storyteller this man is, right? Mm-hmm. He, I look at him telling this story as he's recounting it to his family of here's one of my favorite Christmas stories and, and all of these fantasies within the story that he's telling, you know, it's, it's woven so wonderfully. And, and as somebody who's told this story over time and all of these moments build to this crescendo of this uh, family Christmas, you know, mm-hmm. at the end, at the end of the day for me, this is what, you know, we talked a little bit about commercialism in the Grinch and this. This you see this here, but you also have that for me that family element. At the end of the day, everything came crashing and burning, and they all just spent Christmas together. He got yeah. his Red Rider BB gun, but everything else was like you know cr- crazy and hectic and wild. But the whole family was just trying to hold it together that Christmas. And so for me, I like that part too. Yeah, this was sort of the infancy in terms of the United States, the infancy of commercialism. Really, hey Ralphie got because... his first taste of capitalism with that decoder. Yeah freaking commercial he did oh, what, was, a, what is what genuinely a ripoff genuinely a very funny scene because of the the anticipation and he's like oh or oh and he's like just getting so excited and he, and he but he doesn't read it until he gets all the way done but he sure to what is it you know it's like the president could be in jeopardy or something like that he was stupid for thinking uh, that the disappointment <laughs> the disappointment man um can i tell a quick story i want to get back to some of our favorite scenes in just a minute can i tell a little story about how this movie got made Sure. Please. Um, so, um, as as you can see from the beginning, it's based on a book in God We Trust, All Others Pay Cash, written by great title. Uh, Gene Shepard. It is a great better title, title than a Christmas story. <laughs> it's, it's true. I wonder. I wonder if the Christmas section is only a part of it. Um, but um, it is uh, uh, written and 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 narrated. The movie's narrated by Gene Shepard, so it, he's he's telling his own story here. Um, and directed by Bob Clark. Well, apparently, um, the story I read was that Bob Clark heard a radio version, essentially, of a reading of sections of this book by Gene Shepard on a local radio program that he was while he was driving around. And he was so enraptured by Shepard's storytelling that he just kept driving around his house, refusing to go in so he could keep listening to the thing, right? And he said, I got to make this a movie. I got to make this a movie. It's going to be... This is what I want to do. Like if I ever, if I get to make one movie for the rest of my life, I want to be this. Well, studios he went to weren't interested. Um, one studio finally said, okay, we will let you, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about maybe, maybe something else, but we really want you to make this low budget R rated comedy for us. And if you do that, we can talk later. Right? So Bob Clark went on and made Porky's. And, <laughs> Because of the standout success of Porky's and Porky's 2, they said, wow. he said, can I make a Christmas story? And they said, sure, why not? You've made a lot of money for us. Go make a Christmas story. So we owe Porky's and it's rabid success uh, for giving us a Christmas story. Who'd have thunk? Who would have thought indeed? Uh, so that's just a little interesting tri- trivia for you, if you will, that uh, I, I read about in the, uh, while researching this movie. Very cool. What are, so, to, so I've talked about, you know, my this connections to me. Are there any moments that stood out to you guys that you enjoyed? You know, again, we talked about this being moments that have taken over, you know, pop culture at this point mm-hmm. in time. But, you know, what what ones have we not talked about that you may or may not have opinions on? 
Well, I got to talk about one specifically, and it's a two-parter, twofold. It's the it's the fudge. It's sure. the the one. The I got something to say about fault. the fudge too. It is it's his dad's fault that the thing got spilled to begin with. It is, and his he says it's always oh, the dad's fault. Fudge, only I didn't say fudge, and it's um very relatable. I think we've all accidentally <coughs> said that first bad word in front of mom and dad, <coughs> and it doesn't never goes well. But y'all know I you do y'all remember which one wh- what you said? Because I remember. I'm gonna sound like such a nerd. My family's gonna sound so so much tamer than yours, I bet. No, because my mom got really mad because I said pissed, and mm. uh, she was like, "Trust that. And dad, um, <laughs> I do remember the first time I said um, I said "damn it" in front of my dad. Um, we were on the golf course, and I went back and I smash it, and I just slice it off into the middle of nowhere. And I go, "Damn it!" And my dad goes, "David." Civilized people don't talk like that. I'm not sure they do. And and I I just went. I know. I'm sorry. I didn't really get in big big trouble, but I just remember the the phrasing of that. See, I I, um, I specifically meant the fudge, and mine is tame because it was a complete accident. Uh, it's very stupid, and it involves me in the car asking too quickly. My my head thinking before I spoke if we could go eat dinner at Rudfuckers. <laughs> That'll get you in trouble every time. They used and to have was, a shirt that said that. It was very funny, but yeah, it was a complete accident. They anyway, they were doing I had to derail for that. Go back to the fudge. We no, I was. I have one too because I remember oh, I've heard this story from. I've heard this story from my mom many a times. Uh, I was a child and I said, "Hey, mom, if I say a bad word, but I don't know it's a bad word, will I get in trouble?" And she said, "Well, what word?" And I said, "Fudge," and she said. Yeah, well, that's about the worst one you could say, son. And pretty, pretty much, pretty, pretty up there. And I think I said, okay. I knew I, then. Now then I, I know. I think I might have been almost 18 before I actually said the F word for my parents. So that worked out. Smart. But, um, uh, but. Anyway, you had, you, the, we derailed, the, David. You were talking yeah, about but the, So the, the part that gets me, and obviously, you know, it's a, you can't change time. But I had to just shake my head at ralphie because they ask him who said who told where'd you learn that word and first of all mom it's obvious who he learned it from have you heard your husband down there with the furnace mm-hmm. but ralphie mm-hmm. panics and says one of his good friends and gets his best friend a, a bob whooping and Wailed i'm just on. thinking ralphie why wouldn't you just say farkas bad friend the bully <laughs> get him in trouble if, he's, if his parents care, get Farkas in trouble. You're going to get beat up every day anyway by Farkas. You might as well get him, get his butt busted the night before. You know what I mean? So I just remember being so uh, frustrated that, because, you know, you got to be better with your lies, Ralphie. You got to be, you got to think. Anyway, uh, I always just felt bad because it was his, his dad knocks the thing over. It's not Ralphie's fault. Yes, and then yeah. his dad decides to be a total narc about it. <laughs> and and he's the one who tells on Ralphie to his mom and then gets his mouth washed out with soap. Now, he could have mm. had a nice father-son bonding moment where he was like, mm. Hey, buddy, I know why you said that. We can't say mm. that. Don't ever say that again. But it's our secret. Just but he got that time. moment. But he decided to be He got that moment later. No, he got that moment later with his mom, though. Do you remember yeah, that? Whenever she got his so mouth worried. washed out. I know, yeah. but still, he was so worried that his dad was going to, like, tear him up, and then mom was like, 
no, it's fine. And then it was like, things were different for me and my mom after that. <laughs> yeah. Um, two things about that. One, have you guys ever had your mouth soap? Did you have your mouth soap as a kid? Oh, yeah. I had a babysitter no, I who always did thought- and I also learned that my parents didn't know that happened until I told them as an adult. <laughs> I said, did you know that you did that? She said, no. No. You never had your mouth soap, John? I always thought that belong- that was only in the movies. No, my- Never uh, heard of that so in real life. Did- my mom didn't do the bar of soap. What she would do is she would take the squirt and she would squirt it into her hands and then she would rub it on my lips. So I didn't have to have the bar of, like in my mouth or anything. She would just rub it on my lips and gosh, it was awful. It was yeah, just like, not fun. Yeah, but it wasn't going to kill it. And I didn't go well, blind. No, it's probably or non-toxicated. Did I? So um, that's when you go, mm, strawberry. I mean, you're, not supposed to, you're not supposed to swallow it or anything like that. But it was, uh, it, but I think it was fine. Um, I'd take that over the spanking, honestly. It was that was that was worse. Um two. So Garrett, you mentioned it um a little bit, which was his mom kind of let him off the hook after his big fight with Farkas. So I'm of two minds of this. Um <laughs> because uh I don't think that you should be getting into fights. But at the same time, when you have someone like Farkas, who is like a perennial bully, eventually you gotta do something to stand up to him. Um, so I'm curious, have you guys ever gotten into a fight? No. I've, I have never struck back, let me say that. I've been hit a couple <laughs> times. But I'm not a fighter. I'm um, better than that. Aside from, aside from tussles with my brothers. Well, those I've don't count. In, yeah, I've done that. <laughs> I've, been in, I've been in one real fight, and my mom got scared. She moved my auntie and uncle in Bel Air. But it was, uh, <laughs> it was a situation where... Um, this was actually, it's actually one of my parents' favorite stories in some ways. My parents were out of town because my dad was getting his, uh, doctorate. <laughs> and, um, uh, so I was staying with my, my aunt and uncle, my great aunt and uncle. And I was at the, on the basketball court in, in school. We were, it was recess or something. And there's when this one kid, I'm not going to say his name. There was this one kid who honestly, he was a bully and a jerk to me and almost everybody in our class for years for years he was so bad that the parents did not want him on their baseball like when they would do sports he would have to be on somebody's baseball team or basketball team the parents didn't want him because he's just a snot um and he was bigger than everybody else he was like six one in fifth grade or whatever so i mean he was just a bad kid uh, at the time and uh i got into a, a i got into a shoving match with a different friend of mine because of a hard foul and we're pushing pushing and then this guy he comes over and he tackles me knocks me down and sho- keeps shoving me back onto the ground and i stood up and i tried to punch him in the, in the stomach he caught my hand and we twisted and then i went back fist right to his head and at that point the fight was broken up by mrs coach Britt, and uh and uh i was taken to the to the to the office and he was taken to the office and we were both suspended and so my great aunt, I felt so bad for her. She had to call my parents while they were, while my dad was accepting a doctor and say, David got suspended at school. <laughs> but um, the vice principal Beautiful. thanked me because he also did not like that kid. Uh, it was a, it was a very interesting. My parents weren't that mad. I stayed home, played rap. Sound like the vice principal should have done something about it a long time ago. He, I'll mm, tell you what. He, he needed a kid to do his dirty, dirty work. He worked for him. I mean, he had suspended. I mean, Anthony was, fr- uh, oops. He was frequently suspended. Ooh. David had to be the muscle. He, he was frequently Bleep it, suspended. Josh. 
Uh, so it was kind of a situation where I was a good kid who who snapped. I was Ralphie, and uh, the other kid he was always getting suspended for something or another. So, but I stayed. I was suspended for two days. I stayed home, played Ratchet and Clank. And it was one of the best days of my life. My uh, end of story. Only fight I've ever been in. But it's very very akin to Ralphie's situation. Where I've just I've had enough of this. I've had a bad day. Not today. Yeah. What's I gotta so I'm glad that you explained that story because for the for the viewers and the listeners we we've been keeping this this Google Doc to go along with and David your note on there uh, says the fight with Farkas have y'all ever been in a fight and I read that initially as you critiquing the fight as if you thought it was like a badly oh. choreographed fight and I, for two days I've been like what the hell is he gonna say about this fight. <laughs> But you meant have y'all, us, ever been in a you fight? Too. Okay, now I understand. And I had a feeling the answer was no, but uh, yeah, that actually that's let's go let's let's go. What's wrong with that? Uh, who was the fight choreographer on this? <laughs> it's like a tackle, and then just he just wailing. Nah, that's how kid fights go. I've seen them. I've seen too yeah, many. At the the what really sells it for me is he sits up, his mom pulls him up, and he's just crying. He's just crying, and. Uh, having been in one fight in uh, seventh grade, I related to that because I remember after the moment, the adrenaline of being in that kind of situation gets to you quite a bit. And you're just like shaking to an extent. Uh, it's very, it's, you know, so I mean, for a mom in that situation coming in, you understand why she's like, no, Ralphie, it's okay. Like, it's okay. Uh, it's very, it's very nice. It's a comforting part of the movie in a lot of ways. Anyway, I won't drag that out for too much longer because I know we have some other things. We want to talk about these, this weird Santa. Maybe yeah, weird yeah Santa. another big part of the movie to me is the mall scene where, where Ralphie and Randy get to go see Santa at the mall and they get to, he gets to ask him for the Red Rider BB gun. And this whole time I'm thinking, this is again a moment where I'm like, this Charlie Brown mother effer cannot even find a nice santa claus like the, the mall santa is so mean to all the kids and the and the elf is like throwing them down the slide yeah <laughs> listen i wish it we made me think bad I santa think. made me think of bad santa vibes uh where uh billy bob thornton is just ready to get out the store i i see that christmas eve these people want to get home they don't want to be yeah. having these kids sitting on their lap no one he's santa that's no excuse <laughs> I just yeah. was like, man, poor Ralphie. He really does get the short end of every stick. Every stick. He gets there to get in line, and they go, this is where the line starts. It ends back there. Yeah, this grown yeah. man chastising a child for his place in line is just like, oh, poor Ralphie. Everyone's mean to you. And, you know, they do capture, uh, weirdly enough, the sensation of you're going to go meet who you think is Santa with all the kids sort of freezing up and having to be dragged on by angry elf number two. Um, you know, bad Santa would have been a more apt comparison if like he had cursed out the kid, like you shoot your eye out kid or something like that. But, uh, they really got, they really, you know, they brought that line back. He's talked, he's been talking about, Oh, it's the mom's number one thing. You'll shoot your eye out, you know? And then the teacher says it and then Santa says it. So at that point, Ralphie's utterly defeated. Well, like I get it. I get why they have to have him be a mean Santa because mm-hmm. hearing Santa say that is like, yeah, that's the death shot. That's like, oh, there's yeah. no way I'm getting it if Santa said it. Yeah. Yep. I feel, you know, I wish that I had had a Santa with a slide, though, because that would have been 
that would have been part of the reason to go up there and see Santa. The Santa setup go down a big slide. was way cooler than he was. Oh, it, this was something my wife and I talked about, too, of, like, um, Christmas does feel different now in 2023 than I feel like it did when I was a little kid. And I think a big part of that is the sort of slow death of the mall. And when I was a kid, when it was Christmas time, my mom would have to take me with her to go to the mall to go shopping for Christmas presents because online shopping was not what it was now. So you had to go to the mall, and the mall was decked. Everything looked like it was covered in snow and candy canes, and Santa was in the corner. You know, like, it was... That was a big part of what made it feel like Christmas was all that uh, (laughs) commercialism. Hey, you're welcome to drive with the malls with Christmas decor. The malls... Are are the malls still full this time of year? Oh, Woodland Hills is, yeah, for sure. Mm. That place doesn't exist in the real world. It's always busy. It's not like Promenade, which doesn't exist anymore. Uh, we're down to one mall, and it is the one that is maintained busyness. Yeah, the one still has like a sense of, of uh, stores are there. Yeah, they're not. Got, uh, it's been a minute since I've gone in there, but they're not as. They're pretty full, I think. I don't think they have a lot mm. of empty storefronts. And they're building onto it. Yeah, some malls are still making it. But you are right. There is something iconic about the mall Santa, the mall Santa experience that I don't know if kids get today. Because I mean, look, I mean, Elf has a great mall Santa scene. Uh, lots mm-hmm. of movies have great mall Santa scenes. And now, I will say, there's more places now to take Santa, to take kids to see Santa. Mm-hmm. Um, I always laugh every I time the- I see the one at at Bass Pro. There's always a Santa at Bass Pro. <laughs> Well, yes. we laugh, but Santa like it's waiters. like the coolest setup in the back. Like that's a legit Santa at Bass Pro. Yeah, I mean it's uh, well, I mean if the one here in Oklahoma is huge, or the ones here in Oklahoma right. are like big, big, big time deals. Right. Um, uh, this year, you know, we took uh, my son to see Santa, and it was at the Christmas shoot in Sepulpa. Like, so you're seeing more of that type of stuff, I think, pop up uh, to replace the existence of those sort of like store experiences that were really big some of that is just the way that you know malls and and big department store things have sort of crumbled but also some of that is just you know uh other ways to get around it i don't know nah the whole point of the christmas shoot is to get you to shop in their local stores <laughs> which is uh, still on that front i i'm not saying that it's a problem i'm saying that i'm encouraging it bring out people oh, to yeah. shop at the local stores on your main street that's what yeah, you it's important do. to shop local people you should yeah. shop local I did technically buy uh, some hot chocolate, and I bought some. I bought a cold bottle of Coca Cola from a candy store. Mm-hmm. I forget the name mm-hmm. of the store. But uh, as we as so as we as we wind down here, I do want to ask, what was the big toy for you? I think we may have talked about this in the past, but what was the big toy for you at Christmas as a kid? I got the Power Rangers Transformer full setup with the stickers in each individual one, and I tell you what, my dad said that he. Uh, spent the entire night putting on stickers on them things, and I appreciate it. Yeah, because that's, <laughs> that's I had extra, a lot of fun with it. That's the extra mile of a, of, a, of a parent before Christmas is when they actually do the assembly and the stickers and all that stuff. Um, I'm gonna go out of out, out of sort of. I don't remember really asking for this, but you know, sometimes your parents they just like they pay attention to what you want, what you like. Um, I was really into hockey when I was like between seven and 10, mostly because of the mighty ducks. And so I was like 
I, I was really into hockey. My dad often said that if we had lived in like a colder climate state, he might have put me in hockey. But anyway, he, my parents got me this like hockey, street hockey foosball kind of combo set that had like. Was it orange? Um, oh. There was like, it was like, there was like a brick thing where you put the little metal balls in the top and they would go boom and shoot okay. out. And then you start doing your joysticks and stuff. And uh, it was it was a really like I couldn't believe my eyes when I saw it. I was like, "What is this?" Like it was like my mind had never imagined such a thing. But uh, and the little guys could come off, and then you could just play with them as figures. Anyway, that's one. Josh, do you have any any big toys you remember? Nintendo sixty four. Oh, that's so much better. I mean, I did get a PS two one year, but that's so that, much was, the, I was, that like, was the that was the holy grail Christmas present that I remember. And I pulled it up just to look at it. And see it again. Man. You know that thing had a whopping four megabytes of memory? Oh. Four yeah. megabytes. You could, you, could play, you could play anything you wanted. The storage with that expandable game pack could go up to 64 megabits. I mean, which is like half you never song. need to buy another. You never need to buy another one. Uh, yeah. Super Mario 64 was my jam when that came out. I think it's the game I got that came with it. I played that to death. I love that in 64. So I understand. That is my Red Rider BB gun, and it didn't involve me even shooting my eye out. It's true. I mean, um, to an extent, the first Pokemon games were that for me, too. Mm. Where it was like, I asked, like, all that buildup. Like, I just want. Um, Daniel, I think, wanted Pokemon uh, Blue, and I wanted Pokemon Red, and we just wanted it. And we ended up getting um, <clears throat> this crazy situation where both of our grandparents individually bought them oh fun <laughs> so so my so i got pokemon red from one of my grandparents and i also got pokemon blue from my other grandparent and i was like i got both and then daniel got the alternate situation they had both mis misinterpreted which one you know something went wrong but we both like we both got both so we can both we can both play both and get all the poke we can get all the pokemon amazing like this is great so yeah well, that feels like a good place to wrap up our discussion of a Christmas story, talking about our personal Red Rider BB guns. Um, let's get into the Letterbox game. Start to think about what uh, we think the Letterbox community thinks of a Christmas story. We've got some of the most popular hey, I was, reviews. Oh, oh no, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say, I was gone last week, so do I have anything to play for at all? I'm mathematically um, eliminated, unless I was five points out and I can only get four. Yeah, let me look at it here. Um, you are Josh. While he looks, points. you can. Uh, yeah. While he You're looks, still you five can. Uh, behind. So you are okay, technically so out. mathematically eliminated right. because we only have okay. this episode and the audience pick left to go. Oh, I forgot to mention something. Well, guys. you got to play anyway because you could spoil one of us. You could That's spoil. True. You could spoil. That's true. Uh, I forgot to mention something, guys. As we get ready for this letterbox game, this is. Our 250th movie review. No way. Wow. Look at yes. us being old. Now, we've done more episodes than that because we've done some episodes about other things. But this is our 250th movie that we reviewed. Uh, so crazy. anyway, I just want, I meant to say that earlier, but I wanted to throw that in there. Wow. Beautiful. Um, That's crazy. Garrett, you have 10. Josh, you have 10. But Josh has had more direct hits, so he's at 13. He's only three behind me. So two direct hits, and he's a, and he wins. 
I hate when you do that. You talk about wins. It's all about points. You got me all excited last time I was here. I thought I was tied it's with Josh and made a comeback, and then I was still a <laughs> damn last. Yeah, yeah. Well, you need those. You just make, you, points you do said, matter. Oh, you're tied. No, we're not. I last. I failed. <laughs> I didn't do it this year. You've, you've, you've gotten the same amount correct, but you had less direct hits. You know, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. Um, Technically, in that respect, you guys are still behind me three, so I've already won in that in that form. Yes, yeah. Uh, because there's only two to go. <laughs> now, Josh, you got reindeer games right last week. <clears throat> yeah, we um, did have a good time for destroying games. reindeer games. That was fun. <laughs> was a oh lot of man, fun. I think I, I think I sent a text to Josh saying I'm really sad I didn't get to shit down that movie stocking. Oh, I read it. <laughs> so okay. I read it on the show. I felt so bad, Garrett, because you 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 went through the process of actually watching Reindeer Games, and then you didn't even get to review it. I had to pay for it because I was sick and I didn't make it in time to watch it on oh, Netflix. No. I had to pay money to be even sicker. Ben Affleck, thanks you. Anyway, anyway, um, so. Garrett, you might as well go first since you uh, you have nothing to gain, but ev- you have nothing to lose, but everything to gain by uh, ruining yep, yep, for yep. for Josh. Excellent. Let's hear some of these reviews. Get an idea of what what we're gonna guess with. So again, these are the most some of the most popular reviews from A Christmas Story on Letterboxd. We've got from Maria four stars. This will be good for you, David. Uh, the fuck is up with these kids in these Christmas movies being straight up psychopaths? <laughs> Um, Silent Dawn says five stars. Nothing captures the essence of Christmas like the scene where the dad is struggling and uttering obscenities to himself while decorating the tree. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Five stars, you know, the fucking vibes. Uh, Five (laughs) stars. It is indeed a story about Christmas. Uh, (laughs) But then you've got one star. I don't get it. (laughs) Yeah. And then this interesting one that I've never seen really explained before is zero, like no stars, just a log. How can anyone have an opinion on this movie? No. Okay. I don't know what that means. My... Oh, that's a <laughs> But they didn't even that's give a it a rating. Yeah. No that's rating. Just they're saying, how hmm. could you have an opinion? I don't know. I don't know. Interesting. Hmm. Maybe it's because it's a fact that it's a five-star movie. No, I'm just kidding. Um, let's see. I think that it's going to go around 3.5. I think I think I think Lettermox is gonna enjoy it well. Josh. So I'm gonna go I'm gonna go in that same neighborhood with a three point seven. Mm. And I'm gonna say that like a lot of people are you know give this movie maybe like a, an okay review out of like out of like uh sense of nostalgia but there's also a lot of people a lot of people like to just be haters so i'm gonna say 3.3 a lot of people just be what haters. did you, you said 3.5 yep okay okay we will we'll do we'll do a christmas story too if we need a tiebreaker <laughs> oh gosh okay um here we go um Oh dear, we will unfortunately need a tiebreaker because the score is 3.6, which is dead between me and Garrett, uh, uh, me in second place, and him out of contention. Okay. We'll be playing for a tie. Okay, hang on, hang on. No, you still get the points. What do you mean? 
if uh, if you win the tiebreaker, you still get a point. Oh no, I know. Yeah, yeah. I meant yeah, no. Okay. I got All you. right, here we go. Got Let you. me look up. You guys want? Are you, do you want to do a Christmas story part two? We can do something else. No, that's fine. I want you to do Christmas Story two because there are two different sequels, and one is a fake one, and I want you to do the fake one. Oh, okay. perfect! Is the fake one yeah, the one that didn't come out. Yeah, the old the yeah. old one is the fake one, not the one that came out. There's, last yeah, year. there's the one. Oh, yeah, there's a Christmas Story Christmas that came out in 2022. Yeah, yeah that's the one with the oh, with the gosh. real Ralphie. He's that's the legit one. Because I can't guarantee I'm not going to pick that one one day. So. Yeah, I promise you, I won't pick a Christmas story. This is a, you know, I forgot we didn't even talk about the leg, but the fragile. Oh my gosh! All right, okay, Christmas story two. I'll read the uh, the original traditional one hundred percent red blooded two fisted American Christmas continues five years later with Ralphie, Randy, Mom, and the old man. This time, Ralphie has his eyes fixed on a car, but trouble is sure to follow. I'll read you two reviews. One is a half star. Once I was saw, once I saw a pretty graphic photo of a dead body, but this was worse. <laughs> <laughs> wow! And then here's three stars. Christmas is not a story of hope. It is hope. It's better than the trailer. There you go. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. What is the review for a Christmas Story Two, directed by Bryant Levant? I'm gonna give this. I think that those two reviews are just outliers, and I'm gonna say that the Letterbox community overall finds this movie to be a 4.8 stars. What's well, a that's a that's a that's a bold choice. <laughs> yep. I don't understand your strategy, but I'm gonna go with a 1.9. Wow. <laughs> uh, well, we do have a winner. No third tiebreaker, no second tiebreaker needed. <laughs> Here, it's almost like you threw this game because it's a 1.7. Oh, I was genuinely close, too. That's nice. <laughs> you, you were. You were right on it. You were right on it. Listen, wow. yeah, 1.7. David's been talking so. about how he wants to win this two years in a row, and I don't want that to happen. That's true. That's fair. And I, I think mean, I just gave Josh a point. You did. I mean, we didn't even really have to do the tiebreaker. <laughs> you could have just conceded. Yeah, no, I don't fun. go out that way. Yeah, that's all a, right. So, Twitter's, yeah. So here we go. Okay, we're going into the next week. Our audience pick. Don't even know what we're doing yet. But uh, Josh sits at fourteen points. I sit at sixteen points. Ooh, Josh it is all comes closer. down to this. Now, if Josh is just closer, then he loses. He needs a direct hit to tie to force the ultimate tiebreaker. Um, maybe something that uh, we will concoct uh, for our year in review or something like that. Maybe we can do a big, a big finale with something like that. Um, so yeah, there you go. Okay, it wow. comes down to this. Wow, my, wow. yep. Gonna have to get beautiful trophy that Garrett bought. Got to get in the gym. Got to get trained. Yep. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, let's let's wrap this puppy up. What are our personal ratings of? A Christmas story. I will start by saying, even though I had some some things to nip at, uh, it is a pretty good movie. So I'm going to go with three stars. I'm going to be in that neighborhood. I'm going to give it just a little bit more. I'm going to give it three and a half. Perfectly good movie. Pr- pretty good movie. Uh, but if I don't ever watch it again, I won't be sad. I will watch it every year until the day I die. But it's not perfect. It's a four stars. Four star movie. Oh, all right. I think that gives us an average of three and a half. It does. Uh, which is very exciting. Right there with Letterboxd. 
Yep, we love it when that works out pretty pretty close. Um, all mm-hmm. right. Well, that is a Christmas story. We'll be back next week with a surprise pick, the audience pick. Um, we don't a know Christmas what it is Christmas present yet. from them all. A Christmas present mm-hmm. from the from from you all. So uh, we will figure that out. You can check out our social media accounts, uh, Instagram, so many sequels pod. That's probably where we're going to be posting that information. And of course, we're on. Um, Threads in Facebook and TikTok as well. So go check those out. And one more push for our YouTube channel. Trying to get to 112. That's the number David chose as his... Uh, I don't know. I don't know why you picked that number, but... Because 12 Days of Christmas. Oh, that's right. So. Okay. 12 Days of Christmas. Go subscribe to our YouTube channel. We'll be back next week with uh, our surprise final Christmas pick of the month. Our last So Many Santas. Be sure to subscribe to the show. So many sequels.com or in your favorite podcasting app. That's all. We'll see you next time.